0: Welcome to episode number 258 of Destination Linux. Whether you're brand new to open source or a guru of sudo, this is the podcast for you. My name is Ryan.
1: I'm Jill.
2: And I'm Michael.
0: Hey, Michael, where's the whole mustache thing from
2: the 30s where you're all like oh. sophisticated and such? What happened? Well, well, you see, people, what happened is we were recording this episode a little bit earlier than usual. We typically do it on 1 p.m. Eastern at, uh, at for on Sundays, and we didn't do it this week because of Christmas reasons. No, because Matrix mm-hmm. Eve. It's well, Matrix Eve. Because it, well, it, <laughs> it is currently Matrix Eve. That's, that's true. Yes. But because of that, I didn't really have time from like work time to... for those who don't know a handlebar takes a lot of effort to make because you have to like train it to like sit in a a certain way it's (laughs) it's a lot of effort so sometimes the episodes will be distinguished sometimes they won't it just depends on how much time i have before the show (laughs) Well, but. darn
0: it. I, I missed the handlebar mustache thing already. Uh, Jill, I missed the sophisticated Michael. The sophisticated. i well, are just going to have to deal with the very basic Michael this week. But thankfully, while we're dealing with basic Michael, oh, we no. have just off camera, piped in directly from Jitsi, our glorious community of fact-checking, ego-busting patrons, because it's kind of a patron-only show this week, since we're doing it on Tuesday,
1: yeah, Matrix Eve. That's so special.
0: welcome patrons and on this week's episode of destination linux we're going to take a look back at this year in linux there has been so many amazing things that have taken place in linux this year and we're going to discuss them and highlight them and maybe even get into what we're looking forward to in 2022 and all of this with our software picks tips and tricks coming up right now on destination
2: linux This week, our community feedback comes from our forums where Short FEMs Tall People asks the question, why use an advanced distro? So he says... Just to preface, I'm not a huge computer geek. I use Linux for editing vi- photos, videos, audio, uh, graphics, and surfing the web. And I like it for the security, and I'm a big fan of open source software. I settled on Ubuntu Mate, and with Flatpak, I was able to get the latest of all the programs I use. I hear all the time more advanced about more advanced distros and how you will eventually want to switch to them. From my point of view, I don't see why you would need to switch for something that you can have, you know, you can just power on and get to your work, and that's it. That's all you have to do. You don't have to constantly tweak things. I'm not pointing fingers and trying to make a statement. I just want to know why should or why would you want to uh, try out something more advanced? And this is a very interesting question because I, I have a feeling that Ryan chose specifically to talk about Arch Linux. Is that the reason? Me? No, of course
0: not. No, I think this is really interesting topic because when you think about when you're getting into Linux and you're starting out with a lot of people start with Ubuntu or something, maybe a Mint, something like that. And then they have this pressure, because I know that happened with me in the 30 days of Linux, where people were like, oh, you got to try this, you got to try this, you got to try this. And then they want to keep moving and trying these other things out there like Arch or more sophisticated distros and there's a lot of learning experience that comes with that. There's a lot of advantage that can come as a new person going through and doing that. But at the end of the day, Pop! OS, for instance, or Fedora, or any of these distros that are also very welcoming to new people have a ton of very professional developers working on them and using them every single day that are more professional than the people who are telling you to use Arch or use Gentoo or anything else. They do more advanced things in those distros And those people probably do. A lot of those people do. So what I'm saying is at the end of the day, just because a distro is beginner friendly doesn't mean it's also not expert friendly as well and somewhere you'd want to stay in. So I don't think there's a push to or need for you to go to a more advanced distro. Use the distro that you love, that you get the most work done, the most productivity done in. And yes, I love things like Arch and I think it's a good learning experience for a lot of people. And it's also a great experience outside of learning, just something you want to stick with if you like it. But if you want everything done for you and you want a distro that you can just get in, turn on, and get to work, there's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, there are a lot of times where I've gone away from Arch just because, you know, I don't want to maintain anything and I just want stuff to turn on and work and and go. And there's a use case for both of those scenarios in my mind.
2: Absolutely. I think that's great points. And I do do think it's – I agree that there's no real need to do advanced distros. If you have a distribution that you already like and it's working great for you, then fantastic. There's no – Incentive than other than you just want to do it, and I, but I do think there is uh, a lot of people talking about how you know they, they you should use uh, this distro. Or for example, there, there was a I've seen this many way too many times about like you're not a real Linux user unless you use Blob Insert Blank or whatever, mm. or you're not a real Linux user if you, if you use this particular distro or whatever. All of that is nonsense because the the distro no matter what distro you're using, it's it's using Linux as the kernel. Then you're a Linux user. That's the yeah. important thing. So I. I don't, I think that's just, you know, absolutely nonsense. But uh, I do think if you want to use an advanced distro, you're going to get some value from it by, you know, learning how uh, the system works. So if you're going to install Gentoo or Arch, you're going to learn a lot than you would more than you would do. So uh, with uh, Ubuntu or Pop OS or, you know, Ubuntu Monte or whatever those kinds of distros, you're, you're going to get a lot of value from not having to do that stuff. But if you want to learn it, those are great. Those other distros are great for that purpose. Personally, I use Fedora because I don't want to do that stuff, and I already have done it in the past, which it was useful to do for me anyway, but I'm at a point where I don't really want to deal with that if I don't have to, so I use distros that don't force me to do that sort of stuff, so it just depends on your preferences, and no matter what distro you pick... You're going to have uh, a, whatever whatever experience you want to get, and that is fantastic. So, Jill, we know that you have used mm-hmm. basically every distro that's ever been created. It's <laughs> the biggest
0: Arch fan. You can never get her to stop talking about Arch. I'm almost
2: sick of hearing it, Yeah, yeah kind of worse than you,
0: Ryan. I mean,
2: uh. Bringing uh-oh. up Arch all the time. <laughs>
1: Well, it turns out, short films, tall people, I am using Ubuntu Mate right now to prove a point. Nice. Very nice. (laughs) I'm using it for broadcasting right now. And you can dig deep and make Ubuntu Mate really as advanced as you want. If you want to learn how to compile your own apps, you can. You can do that with any Linux distro. And you don't need a distro like Arch, Slackware, or Gentoo to become an advanced Linux user. Very true and uh, you know it it is nice to learn the slackwares the arches or the gentos, to learn how to build packages and and go that route but you you are not required to <laughs> yeah those are
2: distros <laughs> if you want to force yourself to learn these If yeah. well, once you come <laughs> yeah. over here you're
0: going to stay anyway so yeah just come over <laughs> here and dabble in the arch world and just see what it's about yeah. and then go back you know. to your regular distro <laughs> no, I, I think you can. I think you can use whatever you want. But there is a point, though, in certain software because he mentioned video editing, sound editing, those type of things. There are distros that do better with those things.
1: Yeah, and Absolutely. so in that
0: case, it's not about being an advanced or non-advanced distro, mm-hmm. but it would be about, for instance, you know, the work that Ubuntu Studios done or Fedora's done with PipeWire, for instance. If you're mm-hmm. into the oh. audio pieces, these are things that you may want to look at or an option for you to utilize as you're wanting to do very specific tasks with the distro that you're targeting here. And so in that case, you may want to look at something that's more or even less technically advanced, uh, depending on what packages it has based on what the needs are of the work you're going to be doing on that machine.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good point point. and also it kind of reminds me of like this thing I've seen a lot of people say like Linux is Linux and the distros don't matter or whatever. That is ridiculous mm, nonsense. No. The, the, the distros do matter just like the example Ryan gave where Fedora has Pipewire by default and if you want Pipewire in other distributions it's a lot harder to get and in some distributions you install Pipewire and you don't actually get Pipewire. You get this like stripped down version that's basically not even remotely oh. the same. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like there are situations where the distro does 100 percent matter depending on what you want to do so that's just kind of goes along like the difference between the, the advanced distributions and the you know the average user or the beginner user distributions and that sort of stuff there's there's so many different variations which is one of the best things about Linux with the the amount of choices we have and on top of that I have recently got an ultra wide which I'm not really sure if I like an ultra wide I know that's weird to say because a lot of people you are like loved oh. it and now you're complaining about
0: it and I almost bought one and thankfully you complained about it right before <laughs> <laughs> Before I bought one, so now I don't want one. I'm gonna wait to find out what this annoyance you have with it's all about.
2: Well, it turns out I, I with a, an ultra wide. If, if you don't have tiling, I think that tiling is very important when ultra-wide because I, I like to have my, like for those who can't, you can't see right now because you're, the the monitor is underneath the camera, but I'm on the far right of the monitor <laughs> because of how like kind of like being able to position everything is kind of awkward with a single ultra-wide. So I started looking at different uh, tiling options that are available to me because of the all, like I was saying, the choices that you have for different distributions and also different uh, desktop environments it, three. I three,
0: I <coughs> three.
2: Oh, oh. You, you, you have a cold or something? Is it? Oh. Yeah, yeah. You're coming down with something. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. seems, seems like it. Seems like it. Um, there, <laughs> there's some uh, things I tried. I've I've used various different uh, tiling window managers here for that purpose, but I like a desktop environment experience. And uh, so I tried Ubuntu Budgie's tiling uh, window shuffler thing. Also, I tried some tiling extensions inside of GNOME. And there is a lot of cool. Options that, that you can try out, uh, but I I kind of I, I really like how Ubuntu Budgie's window shuffler works. It's just it like it if it it's not the it's not very intuitive how the shortcuts function, but uh, overall it does allow you to have a lot of customization, and I could see myself using that that feature quite a lot. And I think Ubuntu Budgie is a, a fantastic option for those who want to try out uh, a Budgie desktop because I do think it's a very nice distribution. Uh, but I did notice that. When I was using other things I would constantly go like, "Oh, wait, I don't I'm not in plasma. Uh, uh, I'm I'm not in plasma." And it just <laughs> You left Katie? Yeah. Is that what we're out yeah, of this? Story? Oh no, well, I mean like right I mean <laughs> right I mean, now. Katie's right, done now. Early. Michael and Katie have broken up. This is like This is like Brad news here. This <laughs> is Let huge. me clarify, Ryan. Okay. I am currently in plasma. But this right. in my testing purposes okay. I, had, I I had felt you. the all issue right. of like <laughs> not having but you know there are So what's the solution then? I, I on, honestly, I think that the more testing would be needed for the different tiling features. And I know that the next version of Plasma is going to have like a center your window on your screen, which would be very nice on an ultra wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't currently have it. So uh, I you have to manually adjust things. And it's not very quick for my workflow yet. So I have a couple of options to me, which are not have an ultra wide and get rid of it and get another one like a non ultra wide version uh or try uh you know keep trying to look at like different ways to do the tiling approach and it just the reason i'm bringing this up is because you you try out different things and you're experiencing you know this is more of like an advanced thing having to you know configure all these different things it's not an average user would even typically have an ultra wide you have to go out and purposefully get an ultra wide right so there are some times where you, you try out something new and it's fantastic and you love it. And sometimes you try out something new and you realize maybe it's not for you. And it's like the
0: handlebar mustache.
2: No, no, no. That, <laughs> no, 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 no. The handlebar mustache was amazing and everybody loves it. So I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, but it's just just to say that whether an advanced distro is is great for you or not, that doesn't matter because if if you have a system that you enjoy, you have hardware you enjoy, then that's fantastic. And uh, and also, uh, Plasma is fantastic. Just had to say that because it's... Don't try to say that
0: now. Don't try to, like, <laughs> get in the graces of Plasma again now that you've broken up with Plasma I and you're a budget fan. Mark- um, By the way did, while you're in happened. Gnome, because I know you're trying that out too.
2: GTile is one of my favorite tiling extensions in Gnomes. So I like G-tile, out G-Tile, but it it, re- <laughs> it I didn't like how it required the mouse too much, as much as it did. Uh, yeah, but feel, there, yeah. there was There's one that was nothing like uh, I
0: three. I mean, I three is it. So
2: I three is nice. Uh, I do like it. Also, awesome. I like awesome x We're good tiling systems, yeah, but they they're, they're just great. they're good for their purpose, but they're not like what I want. And it's just I'm very picky. Apparently. And you know what you <laughs> might like, Michael, is I did a hybrid of i3 and
0: XFCE together where you have the whisker menu, uh, but you have mm-hmm. all the i3 tiling. It's out there on my GitHub, something you could play with. It's a Frankenstein, but man, it's kind of fun to play with because you well, get a little both worlds. You got your clicky, nice whisker menu with the search function if you want it. And you got all the i3 functionality there. If you're feeling in the tiling mood, mm-hmm.
2: that does Do a little that, that does make me oh. want. I am very tempted to try that. So I might, uh, you know, get some, the whisker menu set up and you know twist my whisker of the handlebar. And, <laughs> oh my uh, God! There we <laughs> go. What is happening?
1: Oh. Or you can try rat poison, Michael, <laughs> and then you don't have to worry. You don't
2: about have to worry about anything. the mouse. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I, like that. I I think rat poison is a fantastic cool. window manager. Not yeah. because of what it does. It's not nec- that's not great for most people. It, not having <laughs> yeah. a mouse is not very uh, intuitive for sure for a lot of people. But the name of getting rid of a mouse and calling that window manager rat poison just it's pretty it's just genius. Phenomenal. Well done. Just well yeah. done. <laughs> Well, yeah. speaking of well done, our community, they Absolutely. do a great
0: job making great topics out there on our forums like this that drive lots of conversation. As you can see, very simple question, but drove lots of conversation mm-hmm. in the community. And we invite you to go to dealinform.com and join in on those discussions. Or you could be a part of the worldwide community, have your email heard here too. You get your Deal yeah. DLN mug. Fill it with some coffee or bubbly, you sit down in your nearest stool if you're a child, a chair if you're an adult, and you send an email to comments at destinationlinux.org. And if you include something about how great I am or how much you love Arch, it's definitely gonna get read right on the show. Okay, that's not a requirement, but I wanted to say that anyway.
2: Of course you did. Because that because if I mention plasma too much, he has to mention Arch too much. It's just like an automatic, you know. It's like a thing, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just how it is. <laughs>
1: It's okay. I love window Maker. <laughs> that, that's my default. <laughs> is that your
0: default is WindowMaker? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I love, Jill? Digital Ocean. And Digital Ocean is sponsoring this episode of Destination Linux. And now is the perfect time to dive into Digital Ocean. Their new app platform service helps you build modern cloud-native apps for way less money. With that platform, you could build, deploy, scale apps, and static websites faster and easier than ever using a simple, intuitive interface. In fact, I wanted to show Michael who's playing in WordPress. I'm like, have you tried Ghost, the power of Ghost? He's like, I haven't played with it recently. So I went into DigitalOcean. I dropped a droplet, put Ghost up, and boom, was able to show Michael immediately the power that is Ghost. I mean, he knew most of it, but still, the point is I was (laughs) able to prove it to him that I could do it so easily. And I was able to do that because of DigitalOcean.
2: That's true. DigitalOcean also makes it super easy with the marketplace and those one-click apps. It's just fantastic.
0: The one-click apps are the greatest thing ever. I always, when I go into DigitalOcean, look and see if there's a one-click app available first. And if you have apps that you want to deploy, you simply point the app platform to your GitHub or GitLab repository. Let it do all the heavy lifting for you, whether you're using Node.js, Python, Go, PHP, Ruby, static sites, Docker, container images. It doesn't matter. They can run it all. And by running App Platform on their own infrastructure, DigitalOcean keeps your costs significantly lower than other products. The best part about this since you are a listener to Destination Linux, DigitalOcean is partnered with us to give you a one hundred dollar credit to try this service out. So if you go to do. slash dln, that's do. Co slash dln, you are going to get a one hundred dollar credit to drop. Tiny little droplets at $5 or one gigantic server droplet if you want to test out this service. And we want to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode of Destination Linux. There are so many amazing things that have happened in Linux in 2021. When I was going through and thinking back for this show about all of the awesome stuff that has come out in 2021... This is, I don't want to say the year of Linux. That's the worst thing you can say because it's been overdone. But I feel like Linux is bigger, badder, and better than ever. The amount of attention that Linux has received everywhere by itself. Just looking at the attention of the type of YouTubers and content creators and things that are looking at Linux seriously for the first time since I've been in Linux in such a huge way. The amount of businesses that are utilizing Linux and open source software out there more than ever. 2021 has been amazing for Linux. I want to talk to you, Jill and Michael about your thoughts on this. What are some of the things when you look back at 2021 that stand out to you the most? Because it's one thing to say, hey, it's bigger and better than ever, but prove it to me. (laughs) Jill, prove it to me. Why is 2021 been one of the greatest years for Linux in your mind?
1: Linux turned 30. That was huge. It is 30 years old. And mm-hmm. its True. growth every year is just exponential, not just with uh, market share numbers, but with jobs growth, which oh, yeah, for is sure. really incredible. And this year we, we definitely hit uh, a turning point in the doubling effect that's been happening year to year.
2: Yeah, I think it's important to note that while Linux every year gets better and better, the fact that it's been around for as long as it, a lot of people don't even know that it's been around for thirty years. If they're brand new mm-hmm. to Linux, of course, but it's it's to, to note. You were talking about how the YouTubers are getting into it. They don't realize, you know, how much work has been put into the platform and the ecosystem to get it to where it is, and it has been a roller coaster of an experience. If you've been on it for a long period of time, like uh, Jill and I have there, it, mm-hmm. you, 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 even Ryan, you've been on it for like five years now. You've seen it. The yeah. It's, it's gotten some like crazy stuff happening and just this year has a lot of crazy stuff. So the 30 years of Linux is a very important thing to know. It. And I think it's very important. I'm glad we put it right at the beginning because that is a very big milestone to put Absolutely. there. And I also want to put in the fact that we have a lot of really cool stuff that was announced, like hardware that was announced, this year Mm -hmm. uh software that was announced this year and i i ryan i you you mentioned earlier in the show pipewire and that has to be my favorite thing that i've been playing with i mean you have more experience with it now so i want you to talk about like how you set up the the patron room to be able to listen and talk back during the show well that's what i think is amazing Mm -hmm. about Pipewire
0: is the fact that it worked with things like Jack and Carla and these other tools that people are familiar with. So I was able to use QJack CTL, which is running in the background. You've got Pipewire running, you've got QJack, and then I have Carla. And basically I'm using that to pipe in Jitsi into this room here, which we're recording in Video Ninja. Mm. So it's piping all that audio in so the patrons can hear us and they can interact with us after the show And they can also see video as well. So I'm sharing video in there. And some of this stuff is done through hardware, but that particular piece is done through software and Pipewire. And I run Pipewire and Arch, but of course, you know, people have really been pushing Pipewire forward a lot has been Fedora and kind of pushing the boundaries of it and seeing what it's capable of and what it's doing. But the professional audio capabilities on Linux has been a thing that is one of those items where somebody was like, oh, I'm an audio professional and they wanted to come to Linux in the years past, I was kind of like, eh, you better learn, Jack, um, because that's where you're going to need to be. Now, if you had just regular consumer equipment, the audio has always been great in Linux. But when you get into the professional stuff, that's where there's been some problems. But when we talk about Pipewire being amazing and stuff... You also have to look at the hardware side, which you mentioned for a second, and the audio equipment that now is supported on Linux that wasn't before. I was able to go out to the store, buy a Behringer X1204, plug it into my computer, boot Linux, and it recognizes it right away. I was able to get a Scarlett and do the same thing. I was able to get a um, the other one, I was gonna say Focusrite, but that's the Focusrite Scarlett, but there was another model that I had before that that I was trying. When I first started four or five years ago in Linux, And I took one of the boxes and I plugged it in. It was a mixer. It did not recognize it at all. I could not get it to work. I had to go on forums and find what special mixer actually worked with Linux and all that type of stuff. But you don't have to do that as much today. And I think when we think about 2021, when you look at the Linux kernel announcements and you look at all the hardware partners that are enabling their hardware each and every time a new Linux kernel comes out. That type of stuff takes things like pipe wire to a whole new level because what's pipe wire if yeah. you can't run any equipment through it? So, I mean, all of those things together is what has created a fantastic 2021 and all the developers, amazing developers and community members out there supporting these projects to make it possible.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think that's a very important part. And also, like with my mixer, I just plugged it in and it worked you know, and having like being able to plug in the cameras and write to the USB and then you're, you're you're done. And that's that kind of thing that it's being possible from the the support and the hardware and it just constantly gets better. That's one of the things about like you said earlier about the joke about how the year of the Linux desktop has been said for a long time. The, The important part about that is that a lot of people don't recognize what every single year the Linux desktop is improved. And it's improved in a dramatic way, in a drastic way. And it just, it makes things, like, there's people talking about how they are trying to get, uh, you know, when they install Windows, they have to get drivers installed for their uh, CPU. Like, why can't they just, as they're installing, get in? like, you don't have to do that with Linux, because it's in the kernel. The Intel drivers are built into the kernel. The AMD drivers are built into the kernel. And it's just super nice. And it gets better and better. And that's a great point about, like, the hardware and the, uh, and the software working together to make this stuff possible has gotten just so much better, especially with this year and especially with PipeWire.
1: Oh, definitely. Well, I want to let everyone know that I am using a, a DigiDesign Mbox uh 2 Mini uh, USB interface. That interface has been deprecated on Windows and Mac OS, and it doesn't work on those OSs. It's, it's an older mm. interface that literally cost um, almost over $1,000 um, in the mid-2000s. And it is plug-and-play on Linux. And I got it nice. for $20 on eBay. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome that's So you awesome. can bring in that is what's so amazing yes is is linux has become the most plug and play os in the world and it really has <laughs> yeah the other one i was
0: thinking of was called pre that was the other oh, interface yeah, yeah, the that i had that worked yeah. out of the box Those are good. with yeah. linux which was absolutely amazing in itself so all of these devices all working plug and play everything's working great that doesn't happen, by the way, on an Apple. A lot of people talk yeah. about Apple having this extraordinary <laughs> interface, and there are great things about Apple. Believe me, there are some really good refinement and things they have. But it shocks me to this day about Apple being one of the best known for audio production and things. Mm-hmm. Because there is so much extra software you have to buy to do things that are built in to Linux operating system by itself. If you want to be and doing OBS and doing additional recordings <laughs> and it's very expensive, very expensive and that's all built into yeah. Linux. And yeah, I was shocked. Exactly. I have I have videos mm-hmm. where I bought all this Mac equipment and I was doing those tests and I was shocked because I thought, my gosh, I see all these YouTube creators and they're doing all this audio stuff in Apple and they're doing it by spending all this money on extra software to do the things built into Linux. So yeah. if we can get Pipewire where it needs to be and and get it expanded out and show people what's capable here, this is going to be another area where Linux is going to dominate because we know we've already got Apple on the ropes when it comes to gaming. I mean, come on. Boy, have we really done some (laughs) awesome stuff in gaming, though. Think about Proton. And the Steam Deck.
1: Steam Deck. Yeah. Can I get Woo-hoo! an
0: amen on the Steam Deck right here? I mean, Absolute, amen. Amen, absolutely. I yeah. can't wait
1: to
2: get my Steam Deck. And Woo-hoo! Proton is a wonderful thing. that It's been around for a couple of years, but the latest this year has just gotten so much better. Like, basically any game I want to play is available in Proton at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and to be fair, I don't play that many games, but every time I've tried to play a different game, <laughs> it has uh, it has been available just out of the box. And it's, well, well, after you turn on Proton, then out of the box. And it's fantastic. Fantastic, and I am such a huge fan of the work that the the Code Weavers team is doing on Proton, and Steam is and, yes. Steam and Valve are working on Proton. Just such a cool thing. The and Lutris team, the Lutris yep. team working on stuff. Yeah, it's so it's Matthew it's amazing. Yeah, we <laughs> in fact we had the founder of Lutris on Destination Linux episode two fifty five for an interview. If you learn more about Lutris, so check that episode out. But yeah, there, there's a lot of great stuff. That uh, so thank you to all the people who are working on the gaming stuff because as some people might not know, gaming is what pushes the performance of a system as like to its max, and it's such an important thing because when you're fixing something for gaming, you're also fixing it for everybody else. Absolutely, you're making your
1: your graphics driver st- st- stack so much better, and mm-hmm. the OS is you know running better whether it be with the Mesa drivers or NVIDIA. It's just improving everything all around
0: you know what shocked me this year when i was thinking about it was the fact fedora showing its ability to build an amazing desktop user experience now i don't mean Mm -hmm. to insult the fedora folks when i say this but when i started in linux five years ago uh fedora was not a good desktop experience for me let me just put it that way it was not great but when I back then, everybody was talking about Ubuntu and those type of things, and they were fantastic and they filled that void. But who's picked up that mantle in the last year has been Fedora for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Fedora has absolutely. just Definitely. absolutely stepped out of the shadows and shown that they are ready to take on the desktop space in, in a big way and contribute back into the desktop user experience in a big way. And so it's very easy for me to recommend Fedora today to people wanting to try out Linux. And the things like Pipewire, for instance, that they're pushing through there, they're, they're pushing the boundaries of what can be done in Linux. And even what they're pushing with Wayland and things so that this stuff gets done and we're not talking about it again 10 years from now. We're just, we're pushing it forward. We're gonna put it in there. We're gonna fix the problems. We're gonna do it live. And that's what Fedora is doing there. And they're doing such a great job of it. And that, to me, has been a huge change in my Linux journey, watching Fedora go from, a, I guess, professional people use it sometimes to, oh, my gosh, I want to use this at home and at work.
2: Yeah, it's such a good point. I mean, bringing up Fedora is, 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 is actually really close to my experience because I switched to Fedora as my daily driver this year. I mean, it's been a, it was a little bit of last year too, but I've experienced it throughout this year, and it is such a good desktop and experience, and just a good user experience overall. And it's—it's it's funny you mention it because uh, you said earlier that uh, when you first got into Linux, that Fedora was not a great experience for you, and I'd have to say around that period of time, it wasn't a great experience for me either. And but <laughs> it's kind for of funny. Core. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's a little bit farther back, but the yeah. the it's it's funny because of the fact that we we've talked about it a couple times on the show, and I've repeated it probably more than people want to hear it. But I'm just gonna say it: the little Ryan on my shoulder telling me to re rethink things, try it again. It's probably different now. You know, it's been a year, it's been five years, whatever. You haven't tried it in the your opinion is kind of skewed at this point. And I like, oh, Ryan, shush, and <laughs> and then. <laughs> yeah just go away (laughs) but then I try it and it's been my daily driver ever since it's just it's fantastic and I've been I've been testing out all sorts of stuff because of that little Ryan on my shoulder thing but yes uh, Everyone should
0: have a little Ryan on their shoulder. I, I, that should be everyone's New Year resolution: absolutely. to have a little Ryan on your I shoulder.
2: I Agree for that particular yeah. reason. I agree. Just that reason. Just that reason. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think Fedora has been like a huge change for the past. I mean, past couple of years, based on going back and trying other things. But for I mean, having pipewire by default, having butterfs mm-hmm. by default. Uh, you know, put, putting the effort in uh, all these advice, different things. Yeah. Like you know, it's yeah. got wire plumber Wayland. now. You know, yeah, yeah. Wayland, putting pushing Wayland efforts. Like, you know, I just applaud the Fedora team for what they're doing.
1: Well, another company that has an amazing OS that is very progressive and has had a lot of amazing changes this year is is System seventy six PopOS. Yeah. And you know, they that one of the big things was their announcement of creating their own desktop environment, Cosmic in Rust. So that yes. kind of, I am so excited about their
0: desktop environment. Like I have. Yeah. <laughs> These dreams of what it could be, because I feel like today we're in this void where none of the desktop environments are bad. Maybe there's a couple, but barely, and they're all they're all pretty good, but they're all just pretty good. Like I need someone to come in there and give that like I don't know that outstanding desktop solid feel, and I feel like it could happen from Papuas, it could happen from KDE. We talked about mm-hmm. uh, was it last week about them kind of taking some looks at refining things. It could happen from GNOME. But I'm really excited that so many people are focusing on that and looking at that and trying to make a better desktop experience. Because nobody's quite there yet to providing a really great desktop experience that I think people who aren't just fans like us would fall in love with. And so I'm very excited about that. And System76 making their own keyboard here Uh, in the U.S.?
1: the launch keyboard
0: yay and of course building their own mm-hmm. desktop machines that are absolutely gorgeous Zilio. for the first time in like 25 <laughs> years i was like maybe i won't build my own machine maybe i'll get this one cuz the wood grain and the I way know. they built the cooling and the engineering <laughs> they did behind it i just it's genius the work that they're doing over there at system 76 and i think pop os is an absolute standout distribution out there for people to check out in yeah. its own right for sure. Totally agree. Yeah,
1: right. And and like you were saying, it's not just the software, it's it's the hardware. They're they're yep. trying to and open sourcing the BIOS and all the work they have gone through, the engineering of that, and making Linux better as a result of it and getting more driver support on Linux.
2: Yeah, and mm -hmm.
1: they've done so many amazing things.
2: Absolutely. It's a great point. I mean, Jill, you brought up the System76 doing this stuff with Pop!OS and the the cosmic desktop environment. I am so Mm -hmm. excited about that because just like Ryan said, the the, the desktop environments we have are great and there's there's certain things that are, you know, kind of not exactly there with the full polish experience, but they all have like tons of value to them. Uh, I actually Mm -hmm. recently tested out GNOME and I found some extensions that make GNOME look like magnifico. uh,
0: Wow, that's a big compliment coming Uh, from you.
2: Dash to
1: panel, uh, dash to dock. I can't
0: remember (laughs) the last time he gave a desktop environment a Magnifico. They should use that in their advertising. (laughs) Michael says Magnifico. When you add extensions,
2: clearly. When you add extensions. Uh, The default gnome. You, you, you look could lose some yes more you need extensions yeah you yeah. need some extensions mm-hmm. but uh it, it's just like th- that extension is it's called blur my shell looks very oh, nice oh yeah 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 it's that so good fine. it's so good i got a tip from uh, some from an, an open talking about like like it, it would if it will change your entire experience like okay how can it oh it does it makes it look Really slick. Anyway, so I, I think that it's really cool that they're doing this desktop environment with Cosmic because I, I I've been a fan of what they've been doing for a lot for most of the stuff they've been doing, really. But the the desktop environment uh, space. Could be improved in a lot of ways, and I think that when the the best example was when System seventy six announced they were making Pop OS, there was so much people going like, "Oh, no, just another distro. Why are you yeah, doing this?" Is a waste just of Just theming avocado. Ubuntu, yeah. right, exactly. And then they prove, without a doubt, that they have a reason to make that distro. And it was one of like what it became one of the distributions that people started recommending for beginners and stuff like that. Like that is a testament to the and professionals. Yeah, yeah, so putting that effort into the desktop environment, I I can't wait. It's gonna be I'm I'm gonna be very excited to play with that.
0: Okay, so when I think of exciting things for 2021, I can't help but think of Pine 64. Has Pine 64 not rocked our world in 2021? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. When you think ab- about the product <laughs> announcements that came out from them, they they're really the only Linux phone out there because someone's gonna say, no, there's this other one, but no, there's not. (laughs) No, there's not. There's one Linux phone (laughs) out there that actually makes calls and stuff and acts like a phone, and that's the Pine Phone. And then the Pine Phone Pro that they launched is amazing. But to me, I can't wait to get my hands on the Pine Note, but pretty much say Pine anything, and I want it. Pine has done, I think, incredible things out there. My son walks around with his Pine Watch, Pine Time Watch, and he loves that in school. (laughs) And it's got a little cool little game on it and stuff too. I mean, it's just so well done. Everything they do is very well done. And what I love is they do the hardware, they release it out to the awesome community and the community goes in there and makes brilliant operating systems and things on it. Manjaro has done a lot of work with them, done a lot of great work with them and the Pine. And so those two companies to me, I'm just just over the moon with Pine and I can't wait to see what they're going to do next year. And hopefully we get some of the exclusives again because I know it's going to be amazing. You know, like Pine... So Pine excited. Pro Book Pro Two yeah. I means that a thing is that going to happen? I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what they're going
2: to be doing, but I can't wait to see what it is because I just like you. I'm super excited to, to get the Pine Note as soon as they uh, they announced we got the exclusive interview. Like Ryan said, you can check out the, the links in the show notes. To, to, we'll have a link for that particular interview as well as the interview about the Pine Phone Pro because it's just so exciting uh, to be a part of that. And so the the Pine Note is something that I have been wanting for a long time, and as soon and when, when pine 5064 said they were going to be doing this I'm like oh this is going to be fantastic and the specs yep. look great the 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 prototypes look great like and the pine phone pro everybody's been wanting the pine phone pro right every as soon as the pine phone was announced people were like well when we going a pine phone pro I was like okay people have some patience and it's, it's just <laughs> came, the pine phone <laughs> just came out <laughs> like, and but it was also way faster than i expected i was expecting like yeah. three or four years before we got the pro and then all of a sudden this year pro's coming like Awesome! I can't wait to try that as well. Uh, but there's there's so many great things that Pine, pine Sixty Four have done that I agree. Like I I've I basically want everything they have at this point. Like I got I got yeah, the Pine Time here. too. It's so impressive. Like especially for like thirty bucks, something like that. I don't know what it I don't remember what it is, but it's it's so it's such insignificant. A, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's it's so it's a few cups of coffee at Starbucks. Don't go to Starbucks, it's not a good coffee. But
0: it's a one cute... cup of coffee. You've been to Starbucks lately? Holy moly. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, just really you can, ah.
1: you can live in the whole whole Pine sixty four ecosystem for you could. for less the price of one computer from from Apple or yeah. you know, Dell. So that's a good point. <laughs>
0: you could have a tablet, you could have a watch, you yeah. could have a phone, you could have it all. Mm. Right there. Pine's done amazing things for Linux and open source and the community. I'm just so thankful we have them in this community. Some other things that I think kind of are really amazing, but they're forthcoming things is like the multi-gesture support in GNOME. When I say forthcoming, I mean, they're emerging for the Linux world because people in the Apple ecosystem have had really good gesture support for a long time. Us in Linux have not had such great gesture support for a long time, but GNOME, I feel like, is the one that kind of pushed that forward with their multi gesture support. Mm-hmm. There were other apps and things that would do it, but now it's kind of built into the desktop. And I think that is a big win for Linux.
2: I do, I agree with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. The more, the merrier for the gest- the gestures for the touchpad and stuff like that, because the mm-hmm. multi touch gesture just makes it so easy to do a lot of things. And it it also is a, a very interesting thing to be able to switch on. Uh, just to be clear, it's not just because it has multi touch gesture, it's also because you can make your no Michelle environment work like a DJ and I 100% do this all the time for no reason because you three fingers swipe it and you can go yeah. back and forth yeah. between your workspaces but if you just kind of hold it in between it's not like it just immediately switches it's actually moving as you go so I constantly like
0: You're do just do. sitting there thinking yeah. like what do I want to do next on my computer just flipping the. You know, I might like be
2: it. exaggerating constantly but it is a lot I do yeah. it I do it I yeah. do it every time I turn, I turn the laptop on I always do it like it has to I have to do it. It's just like for some Look, reason we could problem.
0: go on for another hour about what's happened, but I want to drop one more thing. Cause it's big for me personally. There's two things big for me personally. Number one is privacy going mainstream and mm-hmm. this has been huge. I think this year and that makes me very happy, but that could be an episode entirely on its own but also the work that our community has done for charities and things for the Destination Linux Network. Mm -hmm. To me, that has absolutely been fantastic in 2021. We had amazing years before, the stuff that Zeb did and some of the charities we did with Free Geek, and this community always shows just how loving and awesome they are. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we could close out this segment without giving a huge thanks to all of you for helping us Mm -hmm. with the Game Fest, the Lug Fest, our patrons always jumping in and helping us when we're not as organized as we should be. And of course <laughs> the amazing work that Matt did in his 24 hour stream and raising over a thousand dollars for St. Jude's hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, those type of things make this work that we do so much more enjoyable. And I appreciate everyone in our community who has contributed to those things in the success of that.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. That's wonderful. I, I can't, I, I would like to reiterate that, but you said it beautifully. So there you go. Oh, yes. thanks, Michael. <laughs>
1: One of the other really important things in Linux this year was the real quickly is that Linux is on Mars.
2: Oh yeah. And it perseveres it perseveres so,
1: literally literally so linux is not only on the perseverance rover but on ingenuity which is a tiny helicopter that was used to attempt the first powered flight on any planet other than earth Woo-hoo. yeah awesome. yes. and you know this was the first for their os on space missions although of course linux was used in the creation and launch of the mission here on earth in the first place yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. but that's now a it's great point there.
2: yeah we, <laughs> linux is, the, the, i'm wearing a shirt that says linux is everywhere and that includes um, Uh are there even apples
0: in space we know you can't have windows open
2: (laughs) yeah woo yeah looks like we win space too we win space too and also just real quick you know we 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 talked about all the things that's happening for Linux uh, you know in like a year in review sort of thing but let's you know Destination Linux Mm -hmm. also had a cool year as well so we had interviews with Luchas, like I mentioned earlier but also we had Red Hat Scott McCarty on episode 253 We had the Vivaldi CEO on episode 243.
0: That blew me uh-huh. away. Right, like, I did not expect a... to love Vivaldi at that moment as much as I did. Mm-hmm. But after talking with him, I just kind of fell in love with Vivaldi. Aww. That's what I love about Same. some of these interviews.
2: We also Good. had on episode 232 the CTO of Susa, Gerald Pfeiffer, joined us. We, we, learned, we learned a lot about <laughs> Susa and what they're doing at Open and, and he and sent Susa. us plushies. And yes, and, yes, we got yes. Lots exactly. Of you see it, like we got the, the Geeko right here. He knows how to win us over. Yep. He
0: sent us plushies. <laughs>
2: That's how you do it. Send we a, can be bought. Send us some swag and you can be on the show. For, <laughs> right. We also had uh, the uh, interview with Neil McGovern from GNOME uh, oh, for, uh, for episode awesome. 218. So much great stuff. We'll have links to all of these in the show notes. But I just wanted to say, like, if, you ha- if you're new to the show, there's a ton of great content that you fr- might have missed that you should definitely go check out. And we'll have links to all of that in the show notes. You know what also was great
0: this year, Michael? Bitwarden.
2: Bitwarden, mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
2: Bitwarden has been great for so many years, including this year. And they're also so great because they are a sponsor of this here podcast. So, this episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by Bitwarden. Get started right now with your free account at bitwarden.com slash DLN. Bitwarden is an awesome password manager. It allows you to have peace of mind knowing that your online accounts are secure. It gives you multiple tools to do this. So you have a secured vault where you can store all your passwords. You have an auto generator where you can generate your passwords automatically. And you can also automatically fill in those passwords in login forms. So you don't have to do any of this stuff. Why would you create a oh this is password? I need to remember. No, you don't. Put it in Bitwarden. You're good to go. You can access also all this data across many different types of devices, whether it's your web browser, mobile applications, desktop applications even the command line if you want to do it. And Bitwarden seals and encrypts your private data with end-to-end encryption before it ever leaves your devices. So no matter what device you want to use it on, it's creating this encryption locally on those devices so you know you're the only person with access to your data, which is a super important point about privacy and security because that is just one of the reasons why Bitwarden is awesome. And another reason is because Bitwarden embraces open source and embraces Linux, which is just another reason why we love Bitwarden. So go to bitwarden.com slash DLN to make the smart move like many from the community have and get your account today at Bitwarden. And also, you can get the premium account for less than a dollar per month. That's right. Why wouldn't you? less than a dollar per month. Use all of them dumb
0: gift cards you're going to get in exactly. Christmas for all these stores and just trade them <laughs> in
2: for a Bitwarden account. Exactly. You get so yeah. much more value with Bitwarden, for sure. Exactly. You get one gigabyte encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F uh, Duo, Vault Health Reports, Bitwarden Authenticator for temporary one-time passwords. You remember Firefox Send? Well, they got rid of it, unfortunately, but Bitwarden Send now exists, so check that out. Yeah. You also get property customer service, so much more, all of this for less than a dollar per month. So make the smart move like many community app and go to bitwarden.com slash DLN to get started. And thanks again to Bitwarden for sponsoring Destination Linux. So we're talking about the, the history of Linux and the, the what the year in review. Let's talk about the future of Linux, and you can't talk yes. about the future without thinking about like where is Linux going to be for the virtual reality, the augmented reality of stuff that's happening because there's a lot of technology companies that are working on you know pushing forward towards VR and AR. We got Microsoft, uh, Valve, awesome, Logitech, mm-hmm. Apple, Google, uh, among uh, many other ones as well. And on the latest episode of Hard Radix, episode fifty, we talked. About about AR and VR and what the current states of these technologies are and where we see them going in the future. And we've got some great news for VR fans out there because there is already work underway for bringing the Linux desktop into virtual reality. There's such, for example, that we've talked about a Collabora's XR desktop on this week in Linux, and you can check that out, linked in the show notes. But also today we've got some some more exciting news for Linux in VR, and that is Stimula VR. Simula VR? Simula VR. Simula. Simula. yeah. Simula VR w- is, was brought to our attention thanks to Olfnik in our community forums, link in the show notes. There are two parts to this that's why well, it's really exciting, is that not only is it software for the desktop having a, a window manager for VR, but also they are making a VR headset mm-hmm. that you can use, and I am excited about this. It's not like someone made a piece of a hardware, a headset that you could put yeah. Linux on. No, this is made for Linux. That <laughs> is important. <laughs>
0: What I think is interesting about this particular headset is the company very clearly out there says, hey, this is not for gaming. So, you know, we have a lot of listeners that love gaming here, but we have a lot of listeners who just want to use their computer for work and developing and that type of stuff. They have no interest in games. And so to them, maybe they've seen all of this VR stuff and things and think, oh, that's just for gamers and things. But this is really focused on the office environment. And what this could provide you in an office world is incredible. Imagine being able to have as big of an ultra wide screen as you want or five of them or 10 of them as you look around your room and have those screens there, but not having to take up all of that space that a monitor would typically take up. And of course, you have the whole minority of port idea where you could move Mm -hmm. screens and things around, but you also have collaboration capabilities with AR uh, augmented reality that you could do with folks if you're collaborating on certain projects and things. You could be looking at the document while talking to them on a conference call. So you look down, you've got an augmented reality version of a document or some plans or maps or things that you're looking at. And you look up, you've got your conference call there. There's a lot of things in my mind that I could see that this type of technology could be used for outside of just games and things. And that's what's really interesting about this is Firefox, LibreOffice, Emacs, Vim, all of these desktop apps, they have that working right now in this headset. Like when you go to their site and they're demoing it, it's it's there and it's built on top of the Godot game engine as well. Uh, so when Jill, when we talk about the fact that gaming pushes other things forward, yeah. here's an example, right? This is not Absolutely. made for gaming, but gaming pushes this technology forward. That's why it's so... Uh, impressive, but I also like that they made it compatible with other headsets out there. So if you've already made an investment in an HTC Vive, the Pro, Very the Valve Important. Index, you can use this software with it as well.
2: So the company didn't go. Oh, we need to make a product and then force people to buy our thing in order to have this like to have a metaverse experience or whatever. Uh, (laughs) They're actually making a product that you can put on something you already have. See, that is they they understand the Linux ecosystem. They understand the community, and that is a a fantastic thing.
0: I was thinking in my mind when I was looking through this. What if Destination Linux next year is all done with Simula One? headsets oh you've got jill you've got me and we all just have (laughs) these headsets So, so you don't really ever get to see our faces anymore which kind of removes some of the, you know? Well, <laughs> what we could do is instead
2: we could record it in VR, so they could watch it on their Simula ones. So they could look up in there, and there's Ryan. They could look up there. There's Jill. Oh my and gosh! They could, they could, like,
0: could virtually kick yeah. you off the stool like you're oh, right
2: there. Exactly. They could. Do, there's yeah. so many possibilities you could have like with it. this setup. And you know what's really interesting about the Simula one? Go to go back to something that will that actually is a thing that you know. Oh, so is there? You go inside the v, like the demo. So they have a section where you can activate it, where you you can look down and see your everything that is like your desk and your coffee. And they show an example of them like doing stuff mm-hmm. where you're in still inside the VR, but you can actually still interact. So it's kind of like that's nice,
0: yeah. So kind of nice. cameras on the outside or something to show you what yeah. you're
2: actually seeing. Exactly. Very cool. It's like a reverse yeah. AR in that sense. Like it's kind of it's it's pretty cool. So I thought that was a nice touch that I've not seen on other types of VR approaches because they're not really made for the office thing. So I think that's like a very clear distinction that they're focusing on. You know, you're in a virtual environment, but you're still also in your environment, too.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, you know what? I'm also, I'm looking forward to this for me being visually impaired. These headsets have never, ever worked and I know there's, there's going to be some innovation in that area. So for those of us that see out of one eye, can use the headsets. And, yeah. uh, but it has so much potential for accessibility. I just see this as such a huge potential. We're just not there yet and having this now that can be used on linux just look at the innovation that the developers are going to going to create for this device the kind of apps they're going to create this it, it's huge because it's not just gaming anymore
0: Absolutely. no that's beautifully said i i think that there are there's a lot of work that still needs to emerge out of this before this becomes technology that you would say is mainstream yeah. and maybe something else will come up in between that takes this and does some different spin on it and knocks it out but the key is that Linux is here while this technology has so many companies investing in it, so many companies who are pushing this, and we're not going to be five, 10 years behind like okay. has happened in the past. We're emerging with this technology, and if it does take off, and these are the headsets and things, and it, we do find amazing use cases for them as we're all, a lot more people are working from home and those type of things in virtual environments and building relationships helping with accessibility issues, those type of Mm. issues that we can solve with these, Linux isn't going to be catching up 10 years later with stuff like this. So that's why I'm excited Mm -hmm. that we're seeing this and Ulfnik brought it to our attention and the forums, of course, because I think it's awesome to think about the possibility of having these headsets.
1: Absolutely. So we've covered a lot of silly yet wonderful games the past few weeks. So this time we're going to cover a more serious game that RPG fans probably already love and adore and that's yeah. Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. So yes. after 20 years this D&D rule set RPG has been ported to Steam and you can play it on Linux natively and nice. not just your, on your payst- PlayStation anymore <laughs> and your Xbox. <laughs> so it's that's just really wonderful. Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance has so many really uh, fun features it's got a groundbreaking adventure featuring the third edition dungeons and dragons rule set is third edition
0: a good edition joe i don't play D, &D, so i don't know is that like a is that one of their better editions
1: i know that's that's the one my friends like seem to like the most Mm -hmm. (laughs) gotcha so it's i've never
0: played (laughs) D D,
2: and i we need to fix that so pretty soon we do yes,
0: need to fix that, and absolutely. I think our community is going to host a D&D session where we can all make fun of Michael and myself, Uh who I'm haven't excited, played I'm excited directly.
2: to make fun of you, for sure. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, I'm excited to make fun of you, so why aren't we playing D&D already? Exactly. I mean, let's make Aww. this happen. Let's make it happen. <laughs> let's make but it This happens. game, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, is a beloved gem in the RPG world. This oh, is like absolutely. the Matrix movie of the RPG world for me, because it it's Matrix yeah. Eve, so we have to throw that in there.
1: The other cool thing is, about it is that it's also a great game for beginners to learn the rules of the D&D franchise, because mm-hmm. it just plays easily with a mouse and keyboard. It's like oh, Torchlight, cool. um, uh, the Torchlight series of games. It's I just love Torchlight. It's really easy, yeah. to, so there's not a, a complex system to have to learn with the mouse and keyboard. It's nice. just really easy. There's tons of cool things. You've got three customizable characters each with distinctive powers, appearances, and abilities.
0: Any of them have uh, handlebar mustaches by chance? Yes, no. do
1: they?
2: Do they?
0: <laughs> no, because no hero would ever wear such a silly that's thing, Michael. True. The, uh, all no, the, the wood no, elves the and the mages. No, the dwarves
1: would have handlebar mustaches, I think. Some of the dwarves might.
0: <laughs> You're a very tall dwarf, Michael, so that's kind of weird. Uh, apparently. <laughs> apparently.
1: So, and, and you can, uh, what's cool is you can also battle, you know, play it single player or join a friend in two player cooperative mode, which is really cool.
0: We could play this together, learn the rules of (laughs) D&D, Michael, and then dominate everyone. They'll think it's beginner's luck, but it's because we played this game and cheated and learned the rule set beforehand.
2: I'm not sure that's how D&D works. Yeah. Also, but that, to be fair, I don't know how it works at all anyway, so just- <laughs> yeah, so we might
0: as well try it. I mean, what's there to lose? Yeah, who knows? So have you ever played this game, Jill? I know there's a ton of Baldur's yeah. Gates games I, I've out never there. Played,
1: I actually haven't played Dark Alliance yet, so I'm looking forward to playing it because I've played a lot of the other Baldur's Gates games. Me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've played the others.
0: I absolutely love them. They are a gem in the whole uh, series of RPGs out there, and now we can play this because I haven't played them before because they weren't on PC, and now they're mm-hmm. on PC and on Linux, so... This will be an awesome game to check out.
1: Yeah, and Linux on Day 1, too. That is that is really gotta awesome. Gotta love that. Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Well, our software spotlight this week, we talked about the Apple M1, how Linux was ported to it. So mm-hmm. I thought I would grab something around that arena. It's not going to be for everybody. Michael suggested this, so if you don't like that it, send your comments at destinationlinux.org. <laughs> uh, the spotlight this week is UTM. This is a really unique open source application that lets you run Virtual machines on iOS devices like your iPhone and iPads. So if you want an Arch Distro running on your iPad, check out mm-hmm. UTM. You could do it there. There's no jailbreak required for this. And another use case for UTM is for the M1 ARM MacBooks, which mm-hmm. is how I actually found out about this program. Because the M1 cannot run the virtual box. On It It just doesn't work and they're apparently not going to make VirtualBox work for the ARM laptops in the Apple world. So you can use QAMU which is what UTM utilizes or just download UTM and you can actually run a virtualization of a Linux distro right there on your M1 Mac because I know a lot of people in the Linux community got swayed to try out the new ARM processors and things out there. So since it's QAM, it utilizes the TCG accelerator and a Spice client for the metal side. So I have Debian, for instance, running on the M1 Mac that I have, and it runs really, really well. They've done a fantastic job with it, it has shared directory, clipboard, port forwarding, console modules, and there's over 30 plus processors supported from this software. So if you have an iOS device or the new ARM devices by Apple, check out UTM. Mm.
2: As a Linux user, you may need to see what user groups you are involved in. So if you're included in certain groups, you have different permissions and that sort of stuff. I'm not referring to like lugs or Linux user groups because it is a Linux user. But instead, I'm talking about your Linux system user in part of different groups for permissions on your systems. So although DLN community is a great group of Linux users, so you should consider getting involved in the forums or the matrix room or... Okay, that was a bonus tip of the week, I guess. But the actual tip <laughs> is related to seeing what groups you are, your user is a part of. So why would you want to do this? Well, maybe for some reason your user can't elevate privileges via sudo. That would be because your user is not in the sudoers group, and you would want to fix that, you know, check to make sure you can use this tool to do it, and that tool is ID. So to list all the groups a user is a part of, you simply type ID, the username, and then dash P, and if you're wanting to check the current users group, simply type um, ID P. Now, This is, uh, there's another command that's called groups that you might have heard before. Uh, But ID can give you some other things that groups can't. Like, for example, it gives you access to the numerical values in addition to the names, like the symbolic names, because groups will only give you the symbolic names of the different IDs, not the numerical value. So the numerical value would come in handy for when you're dealing with network shared data, for example, and a lot of other things. So the ID gives you those things. Also, there's a lot more features that you can do and, you know, more switches that you can that are available in id so if you want you need to get anything this kind of information for checking out what groups your user is in Then check out id and we'll have all this information in the show notes if you want to check out more details
0: and you know what i'm excited about jill in 2022 Mm -hmm. people are going to be able to go and see you live hopefully if everything stays at scale (laughs) if scale is live unless (laughs) something happens because we're in a pandemic world you never know but Assuming everything goes as expected, March 3rd through the 6th, you could go see Jill at scale in yes. Pensadena, California. And this is That's the so largest community-run open source and free software conference in North America. It's held <laughs> annually in the greater Los Angeles area. You can go volunteer still, or you could just sign up to be an attendee. But the greatest part is you get to see Jill. I mean, do you need to say more That's than it. that? I mean, thought Everyone you need. should travel <laughs> to go see Jill
2: they should just call it the Jill Expo because that's what they is really violent, should you know? I mean
0: do we need to call it scale at this right? point Jill's gonna be there we just put Jill on a stage everyone comes and yeah. sees Jill and then walks exactly. away
2: that's it that's yeah. all you need you look for the, peng- the penguin hat and then that's it end of expo that's all you need end <laughs> of scale
0: yes but lots of fun events and things there so go Absolutely. check that out and get more information on scale and a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux however you do it we love your faces, and I also want to wish all of you a very happy holidays and happy new year. We recorded this episode earlier on Tuesday, or as I call it, Matrix Eve, before the new movie comes out, uh, so oh, we really? can celebrate the holidays. Eve, I haven't
2: heard that before.
0: Yeah, Matrix, oh, the new yeah. movie is coming out. That's the whole exciting oh, thing right now. It's oh. not Christmas or the holidays. That's the first Matrix time you Eve. mentioned that today. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> so happy holidays to everyone and a happy new year as well.
2: And also, we are here every Sunday, usually at 1 p.m. Eastern Live. So you can go mm-hmm. to DealinLive.com, and the best part is that everyone is invited to watch the recording of the show each and every week unless it's this week because that's a patron-only thing because of the changing of the... Anyway, you get it. So go to DealinLive.com to check it out every week, Sunday at 1 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time and we also have our glorious patrons getting extra perks and top on top of that being able to check out unedited versions of the show and we also have them join the patron post show which is just an awesome time so you can join us in the 60,000 square foot digital stadium immediately following the show every show every week. And if you want to become a patron, go to destinationlinux.org slash Patreon to sign up. And of course, we also have swag that you can check out because we're so much cool stuff. We got the swag. Destination Linux shirt, Destination mm-hmm. Linux mugs, this the, the Linux is everywhere shirt. So much great stuff. Great holiday also, gifts. Exactly holiday That's- gifts. I mean if you want to celebrate the new year in a in a great way you can get some swag for that with hoodies and mugs and stickers and backpacks. So much cool stuff. Dealinstore.com
1: make sure to check out all the amazing shows here on the Destination Linux Network. We have the Pseudo show, This Week in Linux, the Dos Geek channel, Hardware Addicts, Deal and Extend, Fedora Podcast, GameSphere, so everyone head to DestinationLinux.network and subscribe to all these wonderful shows. And don't forget to leave a rating on your favorite app so others can discover the power of open source and keep those penguins marching and the full Monty of Linux and open source awesome sauce.
0: Everyone have a great week. And remember that the journey itself is just as important
2: as the destination. Thanks, everyone. Happy New Bye-bye. Year. Bye-bye. We'll see you next week. Probably. Yes. It yeah, depends <laughs> if it's live or not. <laughs> We'll do, but we'll, we'll, we'll still do the show, oh, okay. but it might not be live. It might be live. It might not be live. It might it be. De- I it don't depends. know. It we depends. have to see if we'll Jill's see. gonna party with us or not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <I will.
1: laughs> oh but my God. But you know what time it is. You know
2: what time it is now, Ryan. It's time it's to Matrix check. Eve. It's well, yes, it's Matrix Eve. <laughs> but it's time. It's time to go to the patron post show and hang oh, out yes. with the patrons. Absolutely. Yes. And let's go do then that. Then Matrix Eve.
0: <laughs> yes, and then Matrix Eve.